Good morning and welcome to Cox Media Houston's Public Affairs Show, FYI. My name is Susie Hanks. With the annual Medicare open enrollment period right around the corner, many Houston residents are looking for resources to learn about how uh, or uh, to learn about their health care coverage options. And it is National Medicare Education Week. And so in order to sift through everything, we brought in a couple of experts. So with us today is United Healthcare's Josh Slattery. Good morning, Josh. Good morning. And also we have the CEO of South Texas United Healthcare, uh, Dave Millich. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. And it's good to see you again. Good to see you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for coming in. Okay, this is a, a very confusing time for a lot of people. And so this is what uh, the Education Week is all about. We want to tell people all about everything and, and an event that's going on today to help people figure out what to do about Medicare and the program and their options and enrolling. So first of all, let's give some information about the event today, and then we're going to talk all about it. So, Josh, tell me about the event today. Sure. So, National National Medicare Education Week and the event that we're having today um, is is an official week that's dedicated to help seniors, um, those that are eligible for Medicare, baby boomers, caregivers, and their family members to come out and learn more about Medicare and about the different options that are available. The event today is at the Health Museum on Herman Drive, and it's at 2 o'clock p.m., and we encourage those to come out. If you have questions about Medicare, this is a great forum for you to come out and just learn more about uh, Medicare coverage and the different options that are available. Um, this is something that United Healthcare uh, has been doing for a couple of years now, helping people kind of wade through all of this. And you have some some um, um, uh, support, some support from different organizations who are are there and helping. This is just kind of a a, a way to figure everything out. And so let's talk about. Um, Medicare and uh, 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 getting in there. Tell us a little bit about, um, first of all, the open enrollment. When does that start? Yeah, so the great thing about National Medicare Education Week is that it it began on the 15th of September, and that's exactly 30 days before open enrollment period begins, which starts on October 15th and goes through December 7th. And this is really the, the time of year where all Medicare eligibles and beneficiaries can come out and make changes to their current coverage. So evaluate the health plan that you had for the year. Make sure that it meets all of your needs. And if it hasn't, then this is your opportunity to make a change. Um, who needs uh, Medicare? Who is eligible? Who needs to be enrolling? Typically, those that are 65 years of age and older are eligible for Medicare. There are certain circumstances where somebody could qualify based on a special event or a disability and qualify under the age of 65. So um, this is for people who, uh, well, um, the beauty of the event today is that it's not only just for people who should be enrolling, but people who are helping maybe their loved ones or whatever enroll. But so we're figuring out who needs it. Um, tell me about the difference between Medicare and Medicaid. A lot of people get those confused. Yeah, that's a that's a common Um, misconception that those are the same, but they're not. So Medicare is for those that are over the age of 65 um, and have become um, entitled to their Medicare benefits. Medicaid is for those that live below the poverty level and need additional support with their health care coverage. So there's not an age requirement for Medicaid. It's more of an income requirement. And for this, uh, if, does somebody get it after they turn 65, before they turn 65? Yeah. For Medicare, it's always after the age of 65 unless they qualified based on a disability. So the standard is after they turn 65, they have the option of electing their Medicare benefits. 
if they continue to work and they're offered coverage through their employer, then they can maintain that coverage until they decide to retire and then elect Medicare at that time. Okay. And the open enrollment period is when? The open enrollment period starts on October the 15th and goes through December 7th. If somebody is turning 65 um, before then or after then, when should they should they still be enrolling? Well, say they say they're going to turn 65 next January. Right. So when somebody turns 65, they actually get three months before their 65th birthday, the month of and three months after to make a plan selection. And it'll start on the month that they turn 65. So if they turn 65 on January the 15th, their coverage actually begins on January 1st. But they can start looking at plans three months before. That's just called their initial enrollment period. That same person that turned 65 in January would make a choice and then would have another option in October, uh, starting on the 15th, to make a, a selection for a new plan for the coming year. Why it's really important to make a decision during enrollment period is because once you make that decision, you're locked into that plan typically for the whole year. So the next opportunity to make a, a change to your plan is the following enrollment period. And do you make it? Um, do you have to enroll every year? You don't have to. So you can. The plan you're on today works great for you. Then you can keep it, and it will stay in place for the following year. But if it's a plan that you'd like to look at changing, then during the enrollment period is the time to do so. And um, why would you change your plan? You know, your your health may change. So if um, something has changed throughout the year, maybe you decided to see a different doctor, um, that would be a reason for you to change. If the benefits um, haven't met your needs, then you can look at other plans. Depending on the plan you choose, it's going to have different services and benefits available. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dave, when, uh, when Dave Millich, the CEO of, uh, let's see here, South Texas United Healthcare, um, you're um, hoping that people are going to be, um, I guess, coming out to the event today to get down to this to come in with these kinds of questions can somebody walk into this thing today just not knowing anything or should people kind of try to pre-educate themselves before they go to this thing well i i I think that you certainly can go in and and get all the information that you would need to 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 understand medicare i i think it's always good for people to be more educated in their individual health care needs quite frankly regardless if they're covered by medicare or if they're covered even by their employer's plan you know, not only is this the time of year when individuals have the opportunity to change their Medicare plan, it's also the opportunity, if they're covered by their employer or through their employer, the opportunity for them to participate in an open enrollment period. So I think this is the time of year when all of us should really take stock in the health care needs of, of, of ourselves as well as our family to make sure that we pick the right plan that meets our needs um, and this is the time of year to be able to do that. Yeah. What if somebody doesn't enroll when they're supposed to? What happens? If somebody doesn't enroll during the enrollment period, then they would keep whatever coverage they have in place. So let's say they have original Medicare Parts A and B, which Part A is their hospitalization coverage, um, and then Part B would be their medical coverage, covers things like their doctor's appointments as well as outpatient services. If they don't make a change or select a Medicare Advantage plan uh, during that time, then they would have to wait until the following year unless they qualified for a special election period, which could come up if they decide to retire or if they move or just have a special event that comes up in their life. Are there penalties for late enrollment? 
There are penalties if they do not enroll in Part D, which is their drug benefit, um, within their initial election period. So when they turn 65, if they don't select a Part D drug benefit at that time, there can be penalties assessed. Okay. Um, We are talking about Medicare and uh, the open enrollment period coming up, and this is the um, National Medicare Education Week, and this is where I think people start getting a little bit confused because of the different parts and the different costs and things. So what is you, uh, let's, I guess, break it down as easily as we can for people. Let's talk about the Part A. Yeah. So Part A is going to be your hospital coverage. It's going to cover inpatient hospitalization. It'll also cover things like skilled nursing care and rehabilitation services. Um, And what is the cost for? There is no cost for Part A in terms of a premium, but there is a deductible that is met. It's a $1,288 deductible for 2016, and those numbers can change annually. And then uh, let's talk about Part B. So Part B is your medical benefit, and it's going to provide coverage for doctor appointment visits, specialist visits, as well as outpatient care. And Part B does have a monthly premium. It's around $120. It differs based on when you became eligible for Medicare. And then it has an annual deductible of $166. In addition to that deductible, members would have a 20% coinsurance for any kind of service that they encounter. Okay. And then the Part D is the drug. Part D is the prescription drug benefit, exactly. And uh, what kind of coverage is that? and, And what's the cost? So it varies depending on the plan that they choose as well as the company that you choose to select for your Part D benefit. And there's, of course, going to be uh, co-pays for the drugs um, as well as a co-insurance um, for some select drugs within the, uh, the drug formulary. Okay. And then tell me about C. So C combines Part A and B. So it takes your hospitalization and your medical benefit, combines it into one plan. And oftentimes Medicare Advantage, which is also known as Part C, will offer your drug benefit included. I would say the, the, the best thing about Part C of Medicare, Medicare Advantage, is that it provides services that aren't included in the original form of Medicare. So if you were to just select Part A and B by themselves, it wouldn't come with things such as vision, hearing benefits, maybe you want a gym membership. Those are value-added services that are included in Medicare Advantage. Okay. And so um, uh, what things are not usually covered by other than the things that you just said, are anything specific that isn't covered by Medicare? And should be, should people be thinking about supplemental insurance? Yeah, so with Part A and B of Medicare, you don't get things like vision coverage, dental benefits, hearing aid coverage. Uh, those are all included in what we would call Part C of Medicare. So it's important that if that is something that is an important service for you, that you look at Part C and, and explore that as an option. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of deductibles and coinsurance that comes along with the original form of Medicare, and that's where Medicare supplements can come into play. If you want a secondary policy to come in and cover some of those gaps in Medicare, then there's uh, a variety of different supplements that are available. And this is another reason why National Medicare Education Week is so important, and it's because Medicare beneficiaries, their family, caregivers can all come out to this event and learn about these different types of plans that are available and kind of navigate 
uh, what's going to be the best decision for them depending on their individual needs. And, and, and if I could jump in, you yes, know, please. for those, those of your listeners who are covered again by their employer's plan, um, this is also that opportunity for them to take a look at what may have changed for the upcoming year within their employer plan because a lot of value-added services could be now part of the program that maybe weren't in this current year. And um, it could be everything from wellness programs to additional services that are maybe non-traditional. Um, employers are really looking at opportunities to be able to enhance their benefit package um, by offering services that maybe they haven't offered in the past. Okay. So um, do you go over at the uh, event today help paying for um, Medicare? Yeah, we cover the different options that are available. We don't go into any specific plan, but what we do is we talk about what is Part A, what are the costs, what is Part B, and then what options do you have available to cover some of those out-of-pocket expenses. So we go into the details of what a Medicare supplement is and what different plans are available under that option, what a Medicare Advantage plan is, and, and what types of services are available under that option. So when somebody comes into the event today, kind of typically walk me through it. You walk in with your, um, you walk in by yourself or you walk in with somebody who's going to kind of help you go through this and do you just immediately just go in and to different tables or do you get assigned somewhere? Is there somebody who's going to actually sit down with you? How, how's it going to work? Yeah, we, we encourage um, not only Medicare beneficiaries, but their families and caregivers to come out. Oftentimes, we know they're heavily involved in the decision process. But when you attend the event, there'll be a Medicare expert there who's going to give a presentation um, on Medicare, go through the different benefits that are available. And then after the presentation, we have multiple people there to help answer questions. So come prepared with your questions, um, whatever type of plan you have today, if you confused about how it works or you're confused maybe about a plan that your neighbor has told you about, we're there to provide clarity to any of those questions you may have. What if there's a couple who is, um, uh, he's turning 65 and she's 30. No, um, <laughs> no, and she's 61. And so, you know, what, what, uh, what happens then? Well, so a couple things can happen. Let's say that the individual you're speaking about is still employed, um, and he's going to continue to keep working, possibly until his wife reaches the age of 65. Then he can continue to um, take advantage of the uh, policy that's available to him through his employer. Um, if he decides to retire, uh, then he could go ahead and take Medicare at that time, and then his wife would have to continue with some type of employer-based coverage until she reaches the age of 65. But in terms of Medicare, they're seen as two individuals, um, which is different than the employer group policy where they can be seen as a family. Mm -hmm. So it probably, if there's a question, if somebody has, uh, then they can bring in their own their information and they can, today they'll be able to have somebody kind of give them some advice on how to do that or if they should do that or Absolutely. And we even offer in-home consultations. So if somebody needs one-on-one -on -one attention after the meeting, we're happy to provide that as well. What about if somebody is, go is signed up and is just having trouble na navigating all the, the bills and the notices and the different things that are coming in throughout the year? What, where, where do you go for that? Where, where yeah, that's help? a great question. So we have licensed agents that work in this area and those are typically situations where we would recommend you meet with a licensed agent because they can really help navigate you through 
the different correspondence that's coming out, kind of tell you what's the best route that they would recommend and, and help give you some guidance in that area. Okay. Um, it, I know that personally myself, just navigating my own insurance now is just overwhelming sometimes. And I get a notice and it says, this is not a bill. And then how do I know when it is a bill? And it's just, it's just very confusing. And, and it's, it, it, I often wish that I had somebody who could just walk me through it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we will do our best to try to answer all those questions at the meeting today at the Health Museum on, on Herman Drive. But we can also provide somebody to visit with you after the meeting if, if we're not able to answer those specific questions today. And, and I think organizationally, again, regardless of the of the the insurance program that you you participate in, we recognize that that's a very real issue for for the people that we serve, the consumers that we serve. And so we're we've really focused our organization to be able to interact and provide as much useful information to help individuals make the right decisions about their health care at the point in time in which they need it. Everything from how, as, as Josh mentioned, the, the, the licensed agents that we, we bring to bear, as well as our internal customer service folks, the applications we make available on the Internet, those kinds of things are all focused to help individuals make the right decisions when they need care. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I, I also had a question about the supplemental. If somebody has supplemental and then they drop it at some point, um, can it can they get it back at some point? Is that Does that come around the next time you can change? Can you sign up again? You can. It's important to know that with the supplemental plans, um, there is a guaranteed issue period. And once you fall outside of the guaranteed issue period, which is typically six months after you turn 65, you could be subject to certain underwriting guidelines. So it's important that Again, when you're making a change to your plan that you understand that, you understand the specific guidelines surrounding the plan that you're enrolled. And if something has changed with your health that would prevent you from paying the same rate for that plan that you paid in the past or qualifying for that same plan, it's it's important to, to know that up front before you make that change. Okay. Um, let's give people the information about the, um, the, the, the event today, where it is and what time again, um, so that, uh, I know we did it earlier, but if somebody wants to go. Yeah. So it's at the, the health museum that's located, um, at 1515 Herman drive in Houston. It's at two o'clock PM. And, uh, we encourage everybody to come bring your, your friends, family, caregivers, any Medicare beneficiaries is welcome to attend. And if, if somebody has um, questions about things and they want to get on the Internet first before they go and tr- want to find some information, where do you suggest that people go? Where Because there's a lot of information out there. Yeah, we have a website, and it's nmew.com, and that stands for National Medicare Education Week.com. And you can RSVP for the event online, find the Locate an Event uh, tab, and find all the information there in RSVP. You can also find information year-round at MedicareMadeClear.com, which is an excellent website to just help navigate through the different options and educate you more about Medicare. Yeah. Um, we have been talking with uh, United Healthcare's Josh Slattery about National uh, Medicare Education Week, which is going on right now, and the open enrollment period, which is coming in October, and also the CEO, the CEO of South Texas United Healthcare, uh, Dave Millich. And uh, if uh, we're going to get some more information about the event later on in the show, we have 
about 10 minutes and wanted to talk about another issue, Dave, that you wanted to talk about that, that it, it is coming up is um, these ER, these standalone ERs out there. Yeah. It's kind of a new thing that's popped up and we're seeing them everywhere. I know that about a year ago I was sick and I walked into a place I thought it was urgent care and lo and behold it was an ER in the middle of a parking lot of a Home Depot. And I thought, wow, this is kind of a different thing. Tell me what's going on with this. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's a uh, access point for healthcare that's a little bit unique to Texas. Um, there's probably more actually in the Houston area than even some other parts of Texas. And it is, it can be confusing for individual consumers. Um, and so we really are trying to help our customers um, and individual patients understand uh, w- when and where are the best access points for healthcare? As I mentioned before, you know we're trying to provide information um, as timely as we can for individuals. But um, you know we've seen a rise of of what we call freestanding emergency rooms, and um, you know our our opportunity is really to help educate consumers, um, almost ask them to develop a plan uh, around healthcare needs, especially in an emergent situation, and and kind of the first. First thing is, what is really an emergency? Because I think oftentimes what people are, are accessing is convenience. Um, they are very convenient because, as you said, they're, they're just about everywhere. But it comes with a cost. And um, what, what we have found and the complaints that we get from our customers is that they, they walk into a, a facility not really understanding what it is, and they really don't understand the impact of their decision in, until a couple of weeks or months later when they get a bill or something that they thought was maybe a couple of hundred dollars and it's several thousand dollars. And so um, so that's what's happening with these standalone ERs. People are walking in for um, for something. Tell me what the emergencies are. What what when when do you well, go, well, okay, I gotta go to the closest place or I see it right there yeah. or maybe you know, I, I think should what, plan. what we find what we find oftentimes is that there are things that could could be properly Care could be properly delivered at an urgent care facility or even most times at a primary care office. And that's one of the things I think over the last several years we find is that many, many of us don't have a relationship with a primary care physician, um, especially in, in those parts of, of Houston that are fast growing. Um, so that is what we really encourage individuals to do first and foremost is to establish a relationship with a family doctor. Even if your plan doesn't require, your insurance plan doesn't require you to designate a primary care physician, it's always good to have that established relationship and then let that individual help you understand where you need to go when you have a particular health care need. Yeah. So when is it in a, when, when do people go to these emergency rooms I, be, beyond um, the going to the, the, your personal doctor? Well, I mean, again, you know, um, if you if you look at what the definition of an emergency is, it's life or limb threatening. But under, I understand, we understand that that's sometimes a, a decision that's not easily made in the in the heat of the moment, right? Um, what what I always recommend is if you have the opportunity to pick up the phone and call either our nurse line that we make available for members, your primary care physician, do it. Um, if you believe it's an emergency, you should go seek care. I guess the question that, that, that I always ask myself about my family is, is if it really is an emergency, then I probably need to go to an emergency that's, that's attached to a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not, then I might be able to access care through an urgent care center or my primary care physician. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and and specifically, what's the difference between? I remember this this term came up about when the urgent care facilities started to open up the dock in the box. Mm-hmm. Versus, this isn't a dock in the box, but what's the difference between, I guess, the the emergency room and the dock in the box, and then your own personal? Yeah, so you've got you've got multiple access points now in healthcare, um, especially around primary care. Um, so you've got um, you know your primary care physician, your normal kind of what we all recognize as our our normal physician. Um, you've got what what are commonly called convenience care clinics. Those are the things that tend to be inside. HEB or Walgreens or CVS, um, again, there for minor uh, needs, everything from, you know, I think my child has strep throat to um, I've kind of got the sinus infection and I need a prescription. Mm-hmm. Um, those are good access points for that. Then you get into more ur- urgent care situations. It could be anything from minor cut to um, even, um, I think, I'm not quite sure if I, if I, I just fell, and I'm not quite sure if it's broken, but I can get an X-ray to um, a freestanding emergency room that has the capability to handle things that would be emergent. And then the next step is the hospital-based emergency room, which again has been there for those um, really life-threatening situations where you know you need access to that that type of care. I guess that what the the what people should be thinking about at all times is I guess have a plan. Yeah, know where the closest where you can go to the regular doctor and know where one of those places is that you could go if you really truly needed to to go to the emergency room. Yeah, absolutely. Instead I, of waiting for the time to come and then look around and go, "Uh-oh, what do I what do I do? Yeah, where do I go?" Yeah, yeah. And 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 I would also encourage people to understand um their opportunities and where they can access care. Um, based upon sometimes time of day, you know, and and day of the week, right? So you have an understanding of where you can go to get the most appropriate level of care when you need it. Yeah. What do, um, when when people do call you up, call up the insurance and say, uh, you know, boy, I got this huge bill and I don't know what to do. What kinds of answers can you give them? Well, I mean, unfortunately, that's, that is what, what we see quite a bit. And oftentimes it's because um, maybe, as we talked about open enrollment, they didn't understand what their benefits were. Maybe they thought they had a, a copay when in reality their deductible applied to it. And, and so they, they have a, a much higher out-of-pocket expense than what they would have anticipated. Um, you know, at that point, what we try to do is, again, educate. And, and we can say to them, well, you know, you, you access this freestanding emergency room in Katy. Um, here is a list of urgent care centers that are um, – within close proximity to that and based upon what you sought service for, you could have you could have sought service there and your out of pocket costs would have been in some cases as much as, you know, three times less than what they were by accessing the emergency room. We also it's also an opportunity for us to educate the individual on the need uh, and the benefits of having that primary care physician relationship and point them in the direction of who those might be again based upon their living or, or work environments. I guess that's a big fear that a lot of people have is that they're going to make a mistake. They're mm-hmm. going to go to the wrong doctor or they're going to enroll in the wrong plan. Like make can somebody make if somebody is enrolling in Medicare, can they really make a bad mistake? Absolutely. In fact, you know, the three things they really want to look at is choice, care and experience. And when we look at care, it starts with the primary care physician. And making sure that the primary care physician that they want to see is available in the network that the plan they choose. Um, also, the hospital that they want to use is it in network with the plan they choose. Uh, when I talk about choice, it's you know making sure that the plan has the benefits and services that they need. Um, there was a 
Medicare beneficiary, his name is Paul, and he was the kind of guy that said, I don't like going to the doctor, but the plan that he chose had an in-home consultation that was available through a nurse practitioner. So he took advantage of it. The nurse practitioner came out to his house and found out that he had very high blood pressure and said he needed to see a primary care physician immediately. Um, He took advantage of that, and ultimately he was diagnosed with lung cancer. And today Paul has completed his treatment and does have routine checkups, but if it wasn't for that in-home assessment through the nurse practitioner that was a part of his plan, you know, ultimately he could have been in a situation where he was not diagnosed with lung cancer in time to have those treatments completed. Yeah, so he never would have gone to the doctor. Exactly. And he never would have known about the option of the home health um, person coming in and, and checking on him without going and talking to somebody about the options. Right. So it's, sometimes it's that one benefit that's a part of your plan. In this case, it was an in-home assessment. That really makes a difference. Um, and then the experience, too, is very important in knowing that the company you choose is going to provide you with the healthcare experience that's going to best fit your needs and give you a hassle-free experience. Okay. So one more time, where is the event today? Today the event is at the Health Museum. It's located at 1515 Herman Drive, and it's at 2 o'clock p.m. And if they can't get to the event today, um, are there any other events scheduled for later on in this week as the week goes on, or should they go to the websites and get the information there? There's no more events located here in Houston, but they can go to the website, nmew.com, and get more information about National Medicare Education Week. Okay. And and finally, the open enrollment period starts? October 15th and ends December 7th. So get ready. Get in there. Okay. Thank you very much. I want to say thank you to UnitedHealthcare's Josh Slattery and also the CEO of South Texas UnitedHealthcare. Dave Millich, it's uh, wonderful to see you again. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Susie Hanks, and you've been listening to FYI.